Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. It's Brandy. Again, we're here together another week. And this episode, we're talking all about money, 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 money. Wow, I can't believe I just sung in the microphone. <laughs> I'm getting really comfortable with this podcast. Um, yeah, so, but we're talking all about money. And I know for the practice owners that I work with, money can definitely bring up so many different emotions. It's probably something that at this point in time with the episodes that we've released, money has come into <laughs> come into the conversation. I think every single episode up until this point. So it's important. But there is also some strategy that I'm doing here. So we are in September. Last week, we talked about marketing and just a different way to look at marketing, making sure that you are not only thinking about marketing tactics, but you're thinking about marketing strategy to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success, that you're thinking about where your client and patient journey is and uh, whether they're problem aware or not aware or what happens once they are aware and that that you're putting um, your practice in front of as many eyes as possible, all of that stuff. And so that was last week. Now, I will say if you need help with marketing and you feel like you learned a lot, but what? how do I even create like a really great marketing strategy, whether you're at the beginning of, of your journey or if you're further along, marketing, like I said last week, is important. It is important. It is important. It is important and is critical at every stage of business growth. Then go ahead and check out the show notes for an opportunity to buy the course, Market Your Practice. So I am going to do a shameless plug there. But what I'm doing and with us talking about money today, it's actually we're in the last last month of quarter three and quarter four starts October 1st. So I'm diving into a couple of topics individually to help you because my goal for you is to start to think about, am I on track to finish out the year the way that I want to? I will say we usually, between now and going into the holidays, we start to get more applications. Uh, Folks start to get more curious about the work that we're doing. I start to get more DMs, email responses, all of it, because people are starting to recognize like, oh my gosh, I am not where I thought that I was gonna be. I am not making the money that I wanna make. My team is not performing the way that I thought that they were gonna perform, especially once we started out. And I probably need some deeper help. I also know usually past clients that have worked with us start to reach out and a couple of them have already like re-enrolled in order to make sure that they have the support going into the end of the year getting ready for 2024. so remember the world of a ceo is very proactive a lot of what i see in the space especially for folks who have never built a practice run a practice managed a practice led a practice or just with business a lot of the work that you're doing is very reactive so it's a mindset shift So the reason why we're talking about quarter four 
is because we need to start thinking about it, right? And so you have to be thinking about now, but you also have to be thinking about the future. Like, what are we moving towards? Where are we going to be at in January 2024? What's going to happen of Q1 of, you know, next year? Because your Q4, October through December, is actually going to set you up for what's happening in Q1. So if you do not finish this year the way that you want to finish this year, then you are going to see the ramifications of that going into Q1 of 2024, which is actually, what, six months away? But remember, the work that you're doing today, you are going to see the impacts 90 days to six months from now. So that means now, that means today. So what I'm doing is we're individually talking about pillars. So there are six pillars of business excellence when it comes to your practice. Marketing is one pillar, financial is one pillar, operations is one pillar, your practice experience is another pillar. So that's like your patient and client satisfaction, um, how you're implementing the work that you do, your services, your providers, how you're answering the phone, all of those good things um, are all part of that experience. Your team and leadership is a pillar and then you as a CEO, right? And so when we are thinking about all those pillars, we want to make sure that we're individually thinking about them, we're individually planning in them and that we're paying attention to how each one is performing. There are times where you're focusing on more than the other, but one pillar should not just go quiet all the time. Like last week, even when we talked about marketing, marketing is something that you need to be doing consistently all the time. <laughs> so when it comes to the money piece, same thing. You need to pay attention to your money all the time. So you need to make sure that you have the right financial partners. You need to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success when it comes to the financial piece, revenue, expenses, productivity, time, all of those things that are definitely connected to your financial metric and the profitability of the practice. So this particular conversation was inspired a few weeks ago. I was in Colorado speaking with a group of private practice owners and we dived into owning your financial picture. So I'm not gonna go through, that was like a 90 minute talk. So I'm not gonna go through like that whole presentation of what we did, but I am gonna give you a couple of tidbits from that because I believe that it'll help you to identify maybe some things that are happening within your practice. Maybe it's time for you to increase your rates. Maybe you're not hitting your financial goals. Maybe you are hitting your financial goals, but you are recognizing like, hey, I definitely still want to do more. I believe we can do more, especially if you're listening to this and you have aspirations of having a seven-figure practice. I, You definitely need to own your financial picture. And a lot of, when it comes to the money piece, there's so many factors that can play into it, like tactically and strategy-wise, but a lot of it comes down to mindset. And if we're not careful, if we're not paying attention, then it's that money mindset that can leak into the financial impact of our practice, the personal, how we're, a lot of times I see personal habits go into the business. And so we want to make sure that we're aware of all of it. And this is at every stage of business. So even with my more advanced owners who are killing it, they still have money mindset issues, right? And so with the more money you make, it's going to uncover some type of money mindset that you're like, dang, I thought I was past this. And it's not necessarily that you're not past it. It just means that it's a new stage of growth. It means that you're probably able to navigate it better because you're now aware that it's gonna come up. 
Um, and so it's interesting. I always love, I love talking about money because I think it's just an interesting conversation. I always like the fact of the different reactions and emotions that people have. Either it makes you, I've, I've said this before, either you're like, yes, it makes you feel really comfortable or it doesn't. So I wanted to definitely dive into money because I want everybody to end the year strong and hitting your financial goals. So let's dive into today's information, right? So I don't have to tell you that money is the lifeline of the practice. I don't have to tell you that you need to make sure you have enough coming in in order to pay your bills. <laughs> I don't have to tell you that you need to have enough money coming in in order to pay yourself, in order to pay your team, in order to make sure that your practice is going to be here today and years to come. Everybody knows this. You know, that's like business one-on-one. Most times what happens is people miss the opportunity to make more money because of either a money mindset issue or concern or not paying attention to the right metrics when it comes to that are connected to the financial piece, not understanding their financials completely, not having a strong financial partner, and not having good systems around their money or how they're facing their money. Those are usually the obstacles that come up when we're talking about owning your financial picture. So when I was in Colorado, the first thing that we talked about was money conversations. So with this, they got like a whole workbook and everything else too. And so it was really great just to see the honesty of some of, of some of the conversations. A couple people cried, which I knew was going to happen. Um, some of them were tears of joy because they realized like, wow, I've come so far, you know, in the practice. I've been able to accomplish really great things. There are folks who recognized, oh yeah, like I'm past the money, the money mindset that I had prior. You know, I'm coming from a place of abundance. And then we started to tap into some deeper things because they were coming from a place of abundance that were maybe keeping them from going to the next stage of business growth, right? Which felt scary. And it started, some of those old money stories started to come out. And so it was really interesting just to see as we spent 90 minutes talking about money, uh, just some of the different reactions. But the first thing is to get really clear on when you think about money at this stage of business growth, so wherever your revenue is, however much you're paying yourself, what are some of the money, money conversations that you're having with yourself? And what are some of the money conversations that you might be pulling in to your present that actually come from your past? I'm going to say that again. What are some of the money conversations that you're pulling into your present that might be coming from your past? Because it can happen. I still do that, right? And so at this point in time, God has given me everything that I've wanted when it comes to financial, when it comes to, you know, where I'm at in my business, um, when it comes to the work that we're doing with our clients. And there's still, there is still money mindset things that I have to tackle all the time. Why? Because there's more money coming into the practice. There's sabotaging habits that I am still working on. And this is me just being real, you know, especially as a black woman in just some of the things that I saw growing up. And I talked about this even in Colorado, where some of the money stories that I heard were you have to rob Peter to pay Paul, which meant that you can't, you cannot pay all your bills at one time. It's impossible. You have to steal from one source of income in order to pay another bill, or you'll have to steal from another bill to pay another bill. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> it's, it's confusing to think about, but those were some of the money stories. I'd never heard anything come from a place of abundance ever, ever. I think the first time that I ever heard that was actually when I started my business and I started to work with coaches and started to dive into like my own money stories. Um, 
in money habits. And then especially at this point in time, I work with a CFO and we're continuously having money conversations. Um, and so it's important for you to recognize what are some of those stories that you might be bringing in, especially if you recognize it's probably time for me to increase rates or it's probably time for me to give myself a salary increase or it's probably time for me to hire that next person or it's probably time for me to move into a bigger place or it's probably time for me to go to that next stage of business growth. And that's usually when those money conversations will start to creep up or how you thought about money or what you thought maybe was not impacting you. So I want you to think about like when you think about how you grew up, what were some of the things that you saw around money? How is that impacting you today? Right? So my parents used to fight all the time about money. Like my mom was always coming from a place of what I thought was abundance, but it was a lot of scarcity. And my dad was coming from a place of scarcity because he didn't want to lose what we had built, right? And so during the course of me growing up, my mom went to nursing school, became an RN. I remember sitting in her college library, you know, thinking that I was like the coolest thing. I still remember the chairs and she was working on trying to better our life, right? My dad, I remember, ended up getting like a really great job at Honda, you know, making really great money. And so together we had a really great salary but you would have thought that we were broke like broke broke but looking back i was like we were actually doing pretty well knowing what their salaries were now and now that i'm an adult but we did but you couldn't tell they were still continuously fighting about money and it had all to do with money mindset they were both traumatized you know like i remember sitting electric like the electric being cut off and sitting with candlelight um, I remember my mom studying by candlelight. I remember just, I just so many different things when it comes to money. Right. And so it's important for us to recognize how is that impacting today with some of our money habits, what's happening, you know? And so there's even presently, like if you've gone through a rough financial time in your business and maybe you, the money wasn't what you thought it was, or you started to, the money wasn't coming in fast enough, that can be traumatizing. And that's going to impact some of the decisions that you're going to make going forward. So you always have to pay attention to what's happening with the money conversations. The next thing, and what really helps when it comes to the money piece is the money setup is what I'll call it. And so these are your financial processes and systems. Like you guys have heard me say it before, you need to sit down and look at your money at least once a week to make sure that you're recognizing where it's going, what money's coming in, to make sure that you have a good financial partner. Um, you're looking at your profit and loss statements or your P&Ls, your income statement, that you have a bookkeeper. You're not trying to do makeshift solutions when it comes to your money. You're sending out normal invoices, your statements. You're collecting money ahead of time compared to after whenever possible your best practices when it comes to your billing revenue cycle is within 30 days. Like you guys have heard me say this, but my question is, are you actually doing it? <laughs> are you making the time for it? Have you shifted accountants? Have you fired maybe the person who isn't helping you um, because it's costing you time and, and money? Like, are you paying attention to the money? Are you taking the time to actually have a system? Do you have good money routines? So part of what I talked about too was daily money routines, weekly money routines, quarterly money routines, yearly money routines. So since we're getting ready to go in quarter four, I'm curious to know 
have you set a date for your planning? Are you going into quarter four with a plan? Are you just continuing to wing it? If you have a team, are you are there dates on the calendar for you to meet with your team to talk about how you're going to tackle the end of the quarter or the end of the year to set yourself up for 2024? If you're not having these conversations, then you're not going to set up yourself to be in the best financial position. Why? Because there's no alignment. Your North Star is your mission and vision. Everybody in your practice, including you, need to be moving towards that. Part of your mission and vision is hitting financial goals. It has to be. It has to be. You can't make an impact. You can't help more people. You can't do the big visions that I know that you have or achieve the big mission if you're broke, if your practice is broke, if you're not well paid, if you're burned out, if you're tired, all of these things. So it's important for you to set yourself up for success. Your money routines, your setup, all of that is part of that. The people who are helping you with your money, all of that is, is part of that. So what I'm excited about is we are, you know, gearing up for our CEO retreat on your CEO status. And we have a wealth expert, a very well to do wealth expert, you know, just to make sure that as everybody is building their practice and growing their practice, they understand what they're building as an asset. Having these money conversations, making sure that your money routines are on point actually has a bigger purpose because your practice is an asset. Because you have a healthcare practice, somebody had said they're a mental health professional. They didn't think that they could sell a practice like a therapy practice. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. We have clients who get offers all the time, all the time for their practice. What you don't want to do is put yourself or put your practice in a place where if you decide to sell it, you're selling it for pennies on the dollar, right? And so part of this money conversation isn't just me showing up saying, hey, you know, let's make money. No, this is me showing up saying, hey, you're building an asset. You need to pay attention to it and you need to treat it like it's an asset. Don't makeshift it. Don't wing it. Take it seriously. It's not just a job that you're creating for yourself. This is a true straight up something that you can sell for millions and millions and millions of dollars if you decide to. Let me repeat that to you. This is an asset that you're building where you can sell it for millions and millions and millions of dollars if you decide to. Imagine what that would do. Like when we talk about legacy, imagine what that would do for your family. Imagine what that would do for like generations if you are able to do that. Two of our clients, <laughs> they're really, really close and it's funny because they're working on, they know that they're sitting on an asset and they're like, you know what? It's cool. It's cool. I'm just picturing when I'm sitting on a beach and drinking, you know, cocktails because we've sold our practices for millions and millions and millions of dollars. There is a chiropractor that I worked with and they had hired me post private equity. So I have private equity experience and I was hired to help grow that practice across North Carolina. And he sold the practice for millions and millions and millions of dollars. So when you are looking at your practice or when you're on social media and you're thinking like, oh, let me just go and, you know, let me market and try to do this thing that this other person's doing. Remember, 
remember the practice that you were building because it is healthcare, because like you have, even, even when it comes to insurance, whether you're cash-based or if you're taking insurance, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you are still in an industry where you can have an asset that somebody will want to buy. And this is serious. So part of the work that I do is to make sure that you are building your asset to the fullest capability. What you do with it, this is not like a, a, a rant for you, like, oh, you need to sell your practice. No, I want you to do with your practice what you want to do with your practice. But I do want you to recognize that you're building something bigger than what you see right now. Most times when people go into a practice, they think like, oh, I'm just creating a job for myself. I'm doing this entrepreneur thing. You know, I'm I'm really setting my own way. And But I want you to recognize that most entrepreneurs do not get to a place where they can actually sell anything. <laughs> like it, they don't get multiple offers to, to sell their business and you can because it's healthcare. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So yeah, so just to recap that, the first two is money conversations. So what past money conversations are impacting your present? What's happening with your money setup? You know, are you having good money routines? Are you actually paying attention to the money? Are you recognizing the asset that you were sitting on? Are you taking it seriously? Because I find I take it probably more seriously than a lot of people because I recognize it. I've seen it, been part of it. I've seen those contracts, due diligence, valuations, all of it. And they will shortcut you. They ain't going to tell you, you know, that your practice is worth $10 million. No, they're going to try to buy it to buy it from you for five, maybe even two, and then go and sell it you know, for another 10 million. So they'll profit from it. And so you want to make sure that you're educated and that you're fully aware. All right. So number three is the payment model mix. And so this is you deciding like, what's the best model for you, right? And so one of my favorite practice models is actually integrated and multidisciplinary and where you take your people and your patients and clients and actually find a way to help them on a deeper level. I like that because I think that it's an opportunity for you to definitely make more money and, and not even I think I know from my experience is that it's an opportunity for you to make more money. It's an opportunity for you to help your folks on a deeper level, which is always needed. It's an opportunity for you to have to refer out less because you have different types of services within your practice. And it's an opportunity for you to really become like a go to place for your person. And I've seen this with our clients done in a different ways. What I love is because I do talk to this and I, and I definitely am a big advocate of helping your folks on a deeper level um, in different ways, then we always attract practice owners who want to create like wellness practices or integrated approaches or multidisciplinary or add different types of ancillary services, which is really impactful, right? And so going back to that money piece and going back to that asset piece, that makes your practice so much more rich. I get frustrated when people don't necessarily step into the bigger mission or step into the bigger vision because there's such a, such a huge impact that you can make just with the wellness of people. Like we are a sick population on so many levels. And it's because there's so many things that we have to face as a society. And so when it comes to our practices, there's such a 
big opportunity to make such a big difference and to help in a deeper way. Right. And so when you're thinking about your, your payment model mix, your practice model is part of that, whether or not you take cash or insurance is part of that too. And so I've said before, if you're cash, then you have to go all in on cash. Like if that's your, you know, if that's what you're going to die on, like we are going to be a cash payback practice, then you're speaking to objections when it comes to cash pay, you're speaking to the benefits of cash pay, you're speaking to, you know, finding other ways to get other cash pay into the practice. So whether if it's consulting contracts or working with employers, I mean, just different kinds of ways in order to bring more cash into the practice, right? Compared to if you are payers, you know, so you're working with insurances. And then with that, then you're diversifying the insurances that, that you work with. You're making sure that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket because we know the insurance company can do some crazy things when it comes to contracting, when it comes to all of a sudden like, well, this service is not covered anymore. You have to get a prior auth or whether or not a person needs like needs five visits of something, but really eight is more appropriate or whether you want to give them one certain service, but insurance is saying no. So you have to schedule something else or find something else. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen with insurance. Our healthcare system, as we know, is broken. It's not perfect, but I will say we have to focus on what works. And that's the difference between practices that are broke and between practices that are excelling and between owners who are truly showing up and owning their CO status. They do not get stuck in the healthcare woes. And I've talked about that prior, and that's part of this money conversation. They do not get stuck in the healthcare woes. They control what they have control over, right? And so at the end of the day, you, that's all we can do in business is control what we have control over. That's it. That is it. So at the end of the day, we have to make sure that that payment model mix makes sense and that we understand it. And it's the best suited for you, your mission and your vision and that you're building something that you're proud of. If you're not proud of it, if you don't believe in it, then it's going to be really hard to market it, right? Going back to the last episode, it's going to be really hard for you to continuously put yourself out there. Like, I don't mind having these conversations. I love what I get to do. I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to make an impact. I know I can help people. You're the same way. You can help people. People need your services. They need your provider services. You have to believe that. So forget, you know, the cash base or the insurance base or which one's right or wrong. At the end of the day, people need help. <laughs> people need you. People need your providers. People need your services. People need for you to be around. People need for you to care. People need for you not to wing your practice. People need for you to dig deeper and make sure that you're setting your practice up for success because that's what they deserve. That's what you deserve. That's what your team deserves, right? It's a cycle. It is a complete cycle. When we're talking about satisfaction, you know, customer satisfaction, patient satisfaction, client satisfaction, it's a cycle. So happy customers equal happy team, right? Happy team equals happy customers. If we want to break it down from a healthcare perspective, happy patients and clients equal happy providers. Happy providers equals happy team, right? Happy team equals happy patient. Like it's a complete cycle. And I remember working in um, a practice where the providers, the reason why I'm even throwing providers, the providers were not happy. They were so miserable, so miserable. And so I felt it as the leader of that practice. 
our team felt it. So like the team that was there to support the providers felt it. The, the patients felt it <laughs> like in our scores, like our satisfaction scores were awful because of it. So what did I have to do? I had to face the music of what was happening with our, with our model, what was happening with our providers, what was happening with our team, you know? And so it's a cycle it is a cycle. So you have to make sure that the mission and vision is so important. And that was the problem in that situation. They didn't have buy-in for the mission and vision. They, they didn't, you know, they didn't have buy-in for the culture. So part of my job as a leader was to make sure that they bought in, right. And that we had the right players in the right seats. And so that's what business is. That's what leadership is. That's what building this is. And it can be challenging and it can be hard. I'm not going to paint the picture like, oh, just have money conversations and sit down and look at your money and recognize the payment mix and write a vision and, and mission statement. No, I mean, this is lifelong work, lifelong work. But I believe that it's definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. So when you're thinking about the money piece, it's, you know, the other thing is to recognize that there's four areas of, of like a money setup too, right? So just to dive into this a bit, um, the four areas would be incoming revenue, accounts receivable, outgoing revenue, and then your financial structure. And so within this, there's different things that you need to look at. So I'll just dive into a couple of them. But incoming revenue, that's your paid claims or paid statements, your daily collected money, that's all coming in as, as revenue, right? So that's how money comes into the practice. When it comes to outgoing revenue, that's your operational expenses, that's your team, whether they're W-2 or contractors, that's your rent or your mortgage, that's your EHR setup. Like all those things are the two main things. But like your financial structure setup, which is one of the areas of focus, is your meeting with like your money team on a, on a regular basis. You have month-end processes, so you know at the end of the month exactly where you're standing. So I'm going to say if you haven't done any kind of reconciliation for the year, or to make sure that you are on track to hit your financial goals, or you're not connecting the dots going into Q4, then I need for you to do that, right? So I need for you to have a really good understanding of not just how much money has come in, but how much money, especially if you're taking insurance, how much money is due to come in, right? So if there's unpaid claims, what does that look like? What does your AR look like? What, how many statements have not been paid? yet. You know, a lot of times people make decisions just based on what's in the bank account. And that's not necessarily the holistic picture, financial picture of the practice. There's so much stuff that can go into that, you know, especially if you have like a high paying service and maybe folks have only done deposits or they've paid half, you know, that other half is still due. So that's still part of that financial picture of your practice. So you want to make sure that you're looking at that and then operational inefficiencies as well, getting really clear on bottlenecks. So when you're in the last phase, I mean, at the end of the day, especially as we're going into Q4, go get that money. I mean, at the end of the day, like, go get the money, go get the money. So if you said, I'm going to end the year at 500,000, go get the 500,000. Like, what do you need to happen? What needs to happen? What do you need to do? And if you're not set up for success where you didn't hit that goal, why? You know, why did you not hit it? What happened? Was it team? You know, were the schedules not full? Did you not get enough visibility? Did you make some financial bad decisions? Did you not increase your rates? 
Did you not get with insurance to renegotiate your contracts? Like what happened for you not to hit that revenue goal? Was it maybe overarching? Maybe the practice isn't set up for, for that yet. Maybe you were supposed to hire a provider. Maybe you lost a provider. Like what happened for you not to hit those goals? What I know to be true is if you can get past six figures, you can definitely get to seven. It's more strategic. It has to be more like strategy and intention. So there's more, it has to be more strategic moves that you're making, but you can definitely do it. So a matter of like, if you're not there yet, when it comes to your financials, if you're not happy with your financial picture, why, why not? What's happening? What's going on? You have full control. One of the things I will say, and we talked about this, like even with um, the podcast with the recession, you have full control over how much money you make. There's always more money that you can make, always, always more money. So even though your clients and patients might be talking about, you know, and even though we see the price of milk or the rates increasing in different ways, you know, fast food is like way more expensive than what it used to be, gas prices, all that stuff. But the beautiful thing is you have a practice. You can implement a different service. You can increase your rates. You can go out and speak on a stage if you want to and charge for that. Like there's different ways that you can make money, especially if you tap into your clinical skill set. Like your clinical skill set is so powerful, so powerful. So there's always kinds, always ways to make money. Always, 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 always. And those are the folks, the folks who really step into the opportunity of it are the folks who actually get to multi six, get to seven. And it's just, it's really fun to watch the differences in, in mindset. So here is some questions I want you to ask yourself, right? So here's some homework. So when it comes to money conversations, I want you to think about like, what are some of the money statements that you heard growing up? What were they? For me, I, I talked about, I heard you have to rob Peter to pay Paul or you have to rob Paul to pay Peter, Peter whatever, but there just wasn't enough money to go around. My parents constantly fought about money. My parents ended up divorcing because of money. It put a strain on their marriage, you know? And so those are some of the money stories that I'm constantly having to think about. So when I think that there's not enough money to do everything that I need to do, then I have to check that. So for me, I'm always finding data, like what's the data? And I can never rely on technically what's in the in the bank account because I know that there's maybe outstanding payments, there's payments that are coming through, you know, and so data for me is my best friend. The fact my CFO challenges me on some of the stories, um, you know, even trying to get to a place of giving myself a raise, like all of those things. So a lot of the work that we do with our clients, I'm doing the work too. So this has definitely been helpful. What are some money statements did you hear growing up? And how are these money stories impacting, if at all, you know, your view of the practice's financial picture? Because if you're making decisions from that place, then you're going to limit your growth. You're so going to limit your growth. You're not going to make as much money as what you deserve. You're not going to be able to take the practice to where you need it to go. You're not going to be able to hire the team that you need to hire you know, or you might eventually get to those places. I don't want to definitely say never, but it's going to make it so much harder. Another question to ask yourself is, how am I doing with my money routine? Is there anything I need to change about my money routine? Like, are you consistently sitting down looking at your financial picture holistically, not just what's in the bank account? Do you have the right financial partners? Do you like your financial partners? I've had folks where they've been with the same account for five years and they hate them <laughs> and they just don't want to make a change. 
So are you happy? Do a check-in, do a check-in. If you have any concerns with the person that you're working with, tell them, let them know, hey, I need more of this. Number four, what is the current financial picture of your practice? Are you happy with it? So we're at the end of quarter three. Are you happy with, with the financial state of your practice? Are you on track to hit your goals for the end of the year? Are you setting yourself up for success when it comes to 2024? If not, what needs to happen? Of course, I'm going to recommend that you get with a coach, a consultant to help you walk through some of these things to make sure that you are truly setting yourself up for success, truly setting yourself up for success. It is really powerful when you start to learn the business side of your practice, you put more structure in place. You have somebody to call you out on some of your stuff. You know, it helps you. It truly helps you. Someone to check your mindset. It truly, truly helps you empower you, hold you accountable, give you additional support. So regardless, if you work with me, then I definitely want you to work with somebody if that's where you're at. And then know that we are here for you. I am here for you. So private practice CEO is amazing, you know, and it continues to be refined and evolve and everything else too. But what I do know is that we definitely get our folks results and we definitely teach you business. So if you are in a place where you need help, then I am here for you. I am here for you. So just to sum this up, because there was a lot that, that was in this episode, this is all about money. It's to help you set yourself up for quarter four. So the first thing that you want to do is have money conversations. Talk about the money conversations that you've had. Number two, you want to look at your money setup. You know, look at your financial processes and systems, look at your money routines, making sure that you're paying attention to those four areas of, of your financials. Number three is the payment model mix. So you want to make sure that you are actually setting yourself up for success, you know, making sure that your practice model is helping you hit your financial goals. So a lot of times folks say, oh, I want a six figure practice. I want a seven figure practice, but you don't have the right practice model to even get there where what you're thinking is going to be the right practice model isn't what's going to get you there. So you need to identify the practice model. This goes into your payment model as well, whether you're all cash or hybrid between cash and insurance or all insurance, whatever that looks like for you. And then number four is go get that money. You know, go get that money. Realize that any financial goal for, that you set for yourself, you can definitely hit. It takes strategy. It takes intention. It takes mindset. So, but you can definitely hit it. You can definitely hit it. That's the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship. And that's the beautiful thing about being your own boss. So that is the four steps. And then your questions and your homework is what money statements did you hear growing up? How are these money stories impacting your view of money or the practice in the practices financial picture? How am I doing with my money routine? And is there anything I need to change about my money routine? And what is the current financial state of your practice? So that is your money homework all to get you ready for quarter four. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure that you take notes, sit down, decompress, take it in, have your favorite drink, all the stuff. And I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and it empowers you as the CEO of your practice. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure you subscribe, share the message and leave a review. If you want more information and support in growing and scaling your practice, click the link in the show notes to take advantage of our free resources or apply to work with me directly. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.